0: Get your quote today at progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust progressive progressive casualty insurance company and affiliates price and coverage match limited by state law.
1: Happy Mother's Day. Feliz Dia de la Madre. After all that drama, it seems we're getting a very familiar top four in La Liga. AC Milan get an important victory after Inter get one of their own. Man City. Then their frustrations against Newcastle after Liverpool are held against Tottenham. Leeds are in trouble, but Toffees maybe not anymore. Arsenal looking good for that top four as well. Heath Pierce is in the house. This and much more as the Kigolaso weekend recap begins right now. Hey, welcome to Kegolaaso happy mothers day make sure that you thank salute celebrate the mother in your life and for those mothers who are not with us any longer i tip my cat and i send one up to the sky happy mothers day and heath Pierce in the house hp we're like a 9093 gap commercial how's it going buddy
2: yeah i'm i'm uh, i'm doing good man i like the way that we coordinated these outfits today you know it makes a lot of sense uh and i wore my uh for all the tennis moms out there i wore my tennis mom <laughs> hat especially for all of you. I always wanted to be a tennis mom, but uh, you know, am not. But uh happy Mother's Day to all the mothers out there. And uh as you mentioned, the ones that can't be with us. Um yeah, I'm excited about talking about some uh some of these some of these matches, some interesting ones. And I have a few topics that actually aren't even on the run of show that we want to I want to throw in here throughout the mix. So I'm excited. Let's go.
1: Oh uh, I want to get into it as well. Before we get into everything I did wanted to bring this up. my wife dared me not to do it. I'm going to do it right now. Before we jumped on Heath I took a shower, right? Uh, I wanted to feel like, you know, green, clean and reset, ready to go. My wife grabbed a cup of cold water and just threw it on me as I was showering out of nowhere. And I'm like, does this happen a lot to husbands? Do you think, are they the butt of the joke? Everybody, Heath to you are the only man in your household. Do you do you sometimes have to suffer and be the butt of everybody? Because my wife does it to me all the time. I'm basically bullied every single day and I got to take it because it's in the vowels.
2: Yes. The answer is yes. See? And and I know and I'm smart enough to know that I'm not going to elaborate more than that just to say uh yes. I you know this this is uh this is the 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 case and we're using uh a day like today to raise awareness of the bullying that we get inside of our our homes, you know.
1: Yeah, absolutely. But I guess The point being is we deserve it because the women in our lives uh, control, lead the way justifiably. And we love you all. But yes, no more cold water when I'm showering. (laughs) I really don't need that. But welcome, everybody, to Keigo Lasso Weekend Recap. As we mentioned, plenty to discuss. We're going to get into the Premier League race, of course. We're going to get into the top four, of course. We're going to get into the relegation fight. There was Coupe de France as well. There was some Bundesliga chatter as well. There's a lot to discuss and i'm glad it's with you heath pierce um let's begin in the madrid derby by the way and you said it in the weekend preview you would be really disappointed if the top four ends up being the same old same old top four i gotta concur and agree with you my friend but it seems that that's exactly what's gonna happen by the way as atletico madrid get a one nothing victory over a rotated real madrid and justifiably so it was a pretty dreary game no guard of honor by the way, in this one, uh, which was intriguing. But Atleti win one nothing. Uh Real Madrid hadn't lost the derby away at Atletico since October 2015, by the way. And that was during Ancelotti's first spell in charge. So there you have it. Atleti go fourth. And with Betis losing to Barcelona as well, well, it's what we all kind of doomed here. Real Madrid top, Barcelona second. Well, Sevilla third, Atleti fourth. Uh, what'd you make of it?
2: Yeah, it was a, it was a rather uh, underwhelming. Uh, I I mean, for me, it, what's more interesting is the guard of honor, uh, just because there's this idea that Real Madrid set this up in a way that they would have to get the guard of, guard of honor in in that match uh, against Atletico Madrid, which is rather funny to think that they could play with points or tinker with points in a way that would allow them to then celebrate or have to receive the guard of honor uh, against Atletico, who have have denied that. Obviously, Real Madrid have denied, I think, Barcelona in the past. Barcelona have denied Real Madrid in the past for the Club World Cup. And there's all these things of, of guard of honor. And for anybody that, that that doesn't know, generally, it's the match after winning some sort of significant title that they're supposed to basically create this line where they shake the hands or clap on the players as they go through that as, as a sign of respect. But obviously, between all of these teams, there's respect in the trophies, one. And that's what they get is the trophies. But they don't want to uh, have it rubbed in their faces
1: uh but yeah just to interrupt yeah. you there Heath yeah. as you cast you carry on just as, if everybody is watching on 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 YouTube everybody and we want your comments with this is a live show questions and everything but Atleti in this sign says between the media and the refs and the officials los de amarillo, like the ones in yellow the, the refs between the press and the refs they've had a 120 year long walk of honor <laughs> I mean that's a great banner
2: <laughs> it, it really is it really is I mean there's something funny to it, and obviously, if you go back in time, all the way back to, I think it was, uh, I think it was uh, Sergio Ramos who spoke on it before, which was like the answer is no, we're not going to do it uh, when they had the opportunity to do it. And obviously, Barcelona gave Batiste a guard of honor yesterday uh, for for the Copa del Rey, and it's just an interesting thing. But between the, the the you know sort of the three traditional teams and the fact that you you just we just open with the idea that they're all going to probably finish in the top four again in an order that we expect. Kind of disappointing having said that, though, as I was thinking about it over the weekend, I was like, I love Villarreal, I like the fact that they came out with a draw uh over the weekend. But part of me was like, Do I want Villarreal to be in a top four finish? Do I want them to be in a Champions League semifinal again where we have to go through a first leg that we did only to think, like, Oh my gosh, the miraculous is going to happen in the second leg? That's and, a then, good point. and then and then they don't, uh, because it was a tale of two very different teams, uh, in, in the Champions League where I'm like, Oh, maybe I would rather have make sure that I have a Barcelona. Yeah, uh, in the group stages and, and and Atletico Madrid in the group stages year in and year
1: but out. He's, I mean, that's a real disappointment. I feel losing Copa del Rey champions, which, by the way, as we mentioned in the weekend preview, that guarantees them Europa, not Champions League. They really need a top four spot. Pellegrini has done great things with this squad. It, it's a kind of annoying that uh, they're not really yeah. right now pushing for one.
2: Yeah, and 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 you know, with them falling off, and the fact that Atletico Madrid now beat Real Madrid in the derby, they're now one point behind Sevilla, and we could see this one-two-three place finish, which you know is what it is. But uh, I would have rather have had some sort of drama going into a Madrid derby this time of year, but unfortunately, we didn't. Other than uh, sort of the political mind games or the political warfare of uh, of the Guard of Honor.
1: Yeah, I'm all for it. If you're going to put up that banner, that's very fine. Uh, like, if you don't want to do it, like, okay, fine. You have a pretty good reason. By the way, obviously, there's three games left in the season for Real Betis, specifically thinking here, about three games left, you know, it's not yet out of the question, but you would think that, you know, uh, they, they, really, they really needed to just keep winning because Atleti obviously are still above them. But Real Betis have Valencia, Granada, and away at Real Madrid in the last game of the season, which is obviously the week before the Champions League final. So you would think that maybe Real Betis could do something there. But just looking at the games from Atleti, Heath, if you wanted to add something as I look. But it, it doesn't yeah, seem like they're going to get it.
2: The only thing that I'm, I, I'm wanting to add is is Villarreal, who, who obviously fell short in the Champions League now, find themselves mm-hmm. needing, you know, with Real Betis... I'm not sure what the implications are of them with the Copa del Rey and what that means for another spot in terms of Europa League for Villarreal. If that opens mm. up one more spot for them, because they're currently obviously sitting outside with three games to go, they're three points out of a of a. I guess that would be three points out of a Europa League spot. Maybe it's five points. Uh, so they
1: are three points away from a Conference League.
2: Yeah, five points f- from and from they're Europa five
1: off from a Europa League. Yeah. So there
2: is some sort of implications there for them and Sociedad to to where they finish out to see if they can get into a Europa League spot or a Conference League uh, qualification spot. So certainly some some implications in the final games for those three teams, Real Betis, Sociedad, and Villarreal there.
1: Well, they can just hope for UEFA to come up with another competition, right? And then <laughs> you can just keep going down and down and down. And, you know, the... Uh... I don't know the uh, the average silver trophy, and you're hey, just you just keep going down.
2: Hey, Jose Mourinho cried last week, so it's obviously <laughs> there's some sort of value. And I'm
1: in not making I'm not making any fun because Jimmy Conrad does bring always up a good point, which is like nobody cares about that tournament that you're in or you're not in, and un- unless you make it to the final, and then yep. obviously it means a lot. So no, I mean, Conference League has been a success, and uh, to your point, uh, you know it does mean a lot to. People, all right. Well, let's move to Sedia because uh, you know, inter Milan after winning, you know, it added the pressure obviously on AC Milan, and they took care of business as they beat Verona 3-1. Sandro Tonali, by the way, I've never seen him and Adam Driver in the same room. Just I'm just I saying, I'm just saying, they look just, so kind of crazy. I'm just saying, I've never seen them in the same room. Anyway, it was his birthday today. And he scored uh, a brace, I believe. But Rafael Leao, Heath Pierce, he is ridiculous. I'm beginning to be like he could be a, a superstar. Like uh, he's he's heading in that direction.
2: Yeah, I was actually just uh, I was thinking about it during during the match while I was watching it of saying like what what is his what is his upside like what is what how far how good could he potentially be? He's obviously been phenomenal as of late. He was—he was a well, uh, a super hyped player in terms of when he got to AC Milan. You know, periods throughout last year. Now we're starting to see him string together more and more of these performances. That you're just like, this is ridiculous. Obviously, setting up both of uh, Tornali's goals in the match, and Tornali had had a couple great finishes, and Florenzi as, as well to put that game away. It was a little bit dicey there for a little bit when it was one-one, but now.
1: Well, is- see at first, right? Is that what happened? Yeah. They conceded first. They're, they're, Hellas Verona scored first, and then they equalized at half. So it's was 1-0 at half time and then AC Milan got it going in the second half. But yeah, to your point, it was it wasn't all smooth.
2: Yeah, early on, uh, Milan had a goal called back from VAR, That's and right. then and then Hellas Verona scored one, and then and then from there, Milan really got into a rhythm, and they were they were attacking. But you go into the start of the second half as well, and 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 Verona still had some chances and some. It felt a little bit open, a little bit slow from AC Milan, but now they're in control of their own destiny. They continue to be, and to get out of that with three-one between these two teams, because there is a, a bitterness between these two teams. Not an easy result whatsoever uh, for a team also with Verona, who really don't have a ton to play for, but in, in a miraculous way, if they won out for the rest of the season, just like anybody could have finished somewhere near near a European spot.
1: Can we just uh, let me just come back to Rafael now for a second, okay? Uh, I believe it's like 17 goal contributions for Leao and Seria this season. He has the dribbling skills, it shades of Ronaldinho. I'm not even. I'm not going. I'm not a hyper. This is this isn't hyperbole. Like he really is that good. Somebody commented when I said that on Twitter about the similar pace to Mbappe. I'm not even arguing that he really is that fast. He's so good. You were saying something. You were wondering about how high, how how high can he go? And I, and I'm wondering myself how high he could go. So this is a question to everybody out there, and I believe uh, we've lost our friend Heath Pierce because there he's back again. <laughs> oh, that was crazy. Yeah, I know. That was weird. He was he was so enamored with my monologue about Rafael Leao, He had to think about it for a second and then come back. But talk to me about Rafael Leao, buddy. How high can he go? Like, Milan fans, I know you don't want to hear this. If you win Scudetto, obviously, Champions League action, I'm sure he's happy where he's at, but surely some big teams are also going for him. He's so good.
2: He is so good, and, and this is one. Of, the other thing I was thinking about during this match was I remember all the drama around Donnarumma staying or leaving from the club, and how his fee was going to be cut in half if they qualified for champions. If they didn't qualify for Champions and all these things. Now he's gone, and now AC Milan are on the, the like the precipice of of this sort of long lost title that they've been chasing for a long time. And it's by and large because of Leao. Leao's been at the club for a while. He's he's played a number of games and. Similarly, we, we've seen that so many of these young stars that you see the potential in it and you're like, can they put together a string of results and then an injury happens? I mean, I, I, I use Christian Pulisic as, as our American example of this guy that yeah. put a ton of weight on all of this potential and then you kind of hope that it comes to fruition. Now we're starting to see that with Pulisic of like what kind of player he's probably going to end up being. But Leao continues to kind of go above and beyond the expectations. And like you said, you're starting to pull all these comparisons from top players and that's a pretty good sign when he's starting to show some of these world-class uh, capabilities of a number of different players that, that you know, kind of you you go, well, he's got a little bit of that Mbappe in him. He's got a little Ronaldinho in him. He's got a little bit of this. And, like, there's he, he's going to cost a lot of money, uh, for sure, if he were to go somewhere. But it's good to see him kind of coming into his form. I actually thought it was going to be Brahim Diaz. That was the guy that rounded in the form. And yeah. if AC Milan were going to win the title, was going to be because him pulling the strings and him creating a lot of that attack. He's been solid at times. But leao has been the one that I think if they do win this title in the end, he's going to be one of the major reasons why that's happened.
1: Yeah. The good news for AC Milan is you keep going up this trajectory, as we're seeing right now in the, on the screen, Serie A table, and you win Scudetto, Champions League. So there's no reason for a player like Leal to want to leave. The bad news is that there are leagues that have more money, right? We're talking Premier League, et cetera. So he could be swayed. I'm just... I'm not trying to add a headline here. I'm just... I'm just very impressed by Rafael Leal. And also, he'll be going to the World Cup as well. So, like, there's a lot going on for this 22-year-old, by the way. Unbelievable stuff. And he's, barely, ca- of- he's
2: barely capped with Portugal, right? right? He hasn't played a ton of games. He hasn't featured a bunch for him. He was only capped for the first time, I believe, sometime in 2021. Mm. And now, you know, all of that was all based on potential. A guy that we had seen who had come up through, I think, where, where was he at? Lille before that. Yeah. uh before AC Milan, like a guy that has a ton of potential. Uh and now it's starting to come to fruition and we're gonna be able to see him. My hope is that we, we don't see the same as I'm blanking on his name that had an incredible Euros and then and then is now at Lille as well. Uh, for for Portugal that that uh, kind of fell off face of the planet. He was at Bayern Munich on a big transfer. And oh, I,
1: Renato Sanchez. Renato who, Sanchez, who yeah. actually Who actually might be on his way to AC Milan yeah. <laughs> this summer as well.
2: And, and, and he's found his feet. But after he made his big transfer, kind of disappeared for a while after being one of the players of the tournaments. You know, I hope that Leao has now found a new level. Uh, and also when you look at just the age of Portugal and needing of kind of like the shifting of, you know, your Ronaldo era of players, this could be a big one for him.
1: Yeah. So th- there you go, uh, Rafael. Leal, we dedicated that segment just for you. Uh, yeah. So uh, we will see. All right. Well, listen, uh, Inter beat Empoli 4 2, by the way. But the relegation battle, kind of crazy because Venezia, right? They just went all out against Bologna. 4 3, a slim survival hope for them with a last gasp win, by the way. It was like in the last moments of that game. But Salernitana with their Harry Houdini once again, 1 against Galliari. And that was drama to death, by the way, but Salernitana preserved their six-game unbeaten run. Okay, but uh, they were about to win it, but Giorgio Altari made it 1-0 in the ninth minute of stoppage time, by the way, which is crazy. So it does notice. I don't know if you can show that relegation battle table again, but here's a, a little bit of uh Look at that. That's just crazy. Just, uh, you know, I mean, Salernitana were like... Done and, and and they're doing so good. But yes, I know there's that's noise. It's good to have this graphic right here. But yes, I would like to see the the league table, relegation battle, Heath fears. How do you see this one yeah, this going? Al so, a- just keeps going.
2: It's it, I mean, ju- it, look. I don't want to default always back to the like Couchiopoli and everything that took place in Syria with match fixing and some of the 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 tragic history or infamous history of Syria. But it is really fun to speculate on what is going on at the bottom of this table. Venezia, they, they, uh, even in their game, so they go, they go up uh, one nil. Yeah. And then they miss a penalty. Yeah. And then they follow that penalty up to put it away. Okay. So penalty save, followed up, put it away. They go up two and then they give up three to go down two, three. And then they score a third on a penalty. And then they (laughs) score a fourth in stoppage time. And you're like, where was that? most of the rest of the year. When I right. go back to some sort of early, kind of late fall, they they looked, they had a little bit of a glimmer of hope. And then you go on the flip side of Salernitana, who've had to play uh, two relegation battles in the last couple of days. And you have uh, Radunovic and Ribery, both sent off in the 73rd, 74th minute. <laughs> and that's after a penalty where Salernitana go up, uh, up 1-0. And then the 90 plus 9, playing 10 against 10, so, uh, uh, Cagliari, uh, scores the goal to go one, one. And now you're going into these final weeks of the s- final couple of games of the season. I think it's two matches left and it's 30 points. Uh, Cagliari 29 points, Genoa 28 points. And then Venezia who are, who are now done, um, out of, out of the, uh, the, I mean, I guess technically they're not, but, uh, they're, they're as good as Don if anybody gets one point uh that's above them right now so they would have to win out and hope that everything goes wrong elsewhere uh but it's just it's just a wild wild finish to to uh this season and salernitana I mean we saw this as well uh, I know we're gonna get to the Premier League but you're seeing this as well where you see this great hope of Burnley oh multiple games leads oh multiple games they're safe and then you realize very quickly salernitana run of games still not safe yeah, and have cool. they gotten the three points? Had they snuck out of that with all three points, they would be safe. But now they're still in the thick of it with two games to go.
1: Can I just say, Spezia are not out of it. Like, I mean, obviously they look okay because they just would need, what, a draw, I I feel, because they're four points above Cagliari who are 18th, Spezia are 16th. But to your point, it's just so crazy. So the relegation battle in Serie A is in... Sane, so amazing stuff. All right, final thoughts uh, either on that La Liga or Serie a before we take a break, Heath Pearce. Uh, I mean,
2: really, just Atalanta putting together a, a solid performance. You talked about Spezia. Uh, uh, Atalanta were were really strong again this weekend against Spezia, who could have again been completely deemed completely safe, uh, and they left it late as well to get the result. They were one one with with uh, with Atalanta, and then ended up giving it up late late into the second half. Uh, but overall, it was the same sort of thing when I was watching the Atalanta result of just like, where has that been a lot of the year? And is this, is this now uh, a sign for a transition? And then they put together a performance like this and you go, maybe not. Maybe they still have the team. Maybe they need to keep Gasparini. Maybe the team needs to stick together. But that was my only other final note from uh, from Syria.
1: No, good point. Atalanta and Villarreal almost mirroring each other's journey so far. But this is the Scudetto race and what's remaining, by the way, as uh, Milan and Inter fight for the scudetto and you can see that AC milan have the aforementioned atalanta at home and then sexy sassuolo for the other one and then inter milan of course well by the way uh and inter milan also have a coppa italia to to deal with right is that right yeah so you know mm-hmm. it's kind of a lot for them but they have cagliari and then they finish off as well with Sampdoria at home to Sampdoria. So it's a lot. And that's Juve on Wednesday for their Coppa Italia. So I don't know if that will add anything. All right. Well, Heath, you and I said AC Milan would win this whole thing.
2: We did. You staying with that? I'm staying with that. I'm staying with that now. Like it, I, it would, they, they were a team that I thought if it's going to go wrong, it's going to go really wrong. We saw that January, February of last season. But they've sort of stuck it out. And quite frankly, it's been a year where there hasn't been any terrible performances in the top four, but there hasn't also been anybody that's just grabbed it and said, okay, this is over, which has made it really fun and interesting for us. But I think AC Milan have also benefited from the times that they have slipped. Everyone else has slipped as well. So I'm going to stick with them.
1: Yeah, me too. What do you think everybody? Uh, Who do you think? Who's winning this thing? AC Milan staying with it. Inter Milan taking advantage. Tell us, uh, and please like, and subscribe, hit that smash smash that subscribe button, I should say. But let us know. We're going to take a break. When we come back, yes, oh, yes, the Premier League. A lot happened this weekend. Que go, lasso. Weekend recap. Heath Pierce, LME. We'll be right back.
3: Did you know that while over 60% of Americans dream of starting their own business, less than 20% of them take the first step? The reason? Building a business is tough. Taylor Brands is simplifying the business journey. From launching and managing And our listeners will receive 35% off Taylor Brands LLC formation plans using our link, taylorbrands.com slash cbssports. That's tailorbrand dot com slash cbssports. So start your business journey today with Taylor Brands.
0: eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love,
1: Welcome back, everybody. Keigo Lasso weekend recap. Heath Pierce, LME straight away. Heath Pierce. Before we get into it, okay, is the title race over? For what league? The Premier League, baby. Oh yeah,
2: yeah, it's over. Uh, I think I think <laughs> this is just on on a couple of factors that that are pretty well known if you've been anywhere on the internet uh, today, which is just purely on the fact that Liverpool drew with. Uh, with uh, Spurs, which I predicted. I predicted a higher you score, did. but I predicted a so, draw. And so did I? So that I, you know, I was, you, I you did I? I went with you. I went we were, with you. We were yeah. laughed at a bit, you know, and, and it is a little bit of a foolish... Uh, it's it's a little bit of a fool's fool of, of a prediction. We'll take it. We'll that, take that, it. Any that, that
1: naysayers? You thought Liverpool were going to go run away with it or whatever? We'll take the draw, Heath piers Damn right. Yeah. All right, keep going, my friend.
2: But here's where where it gets a little interesting is that for Liverpool, for most of the season, have had a better goal difference than Man City. Goal difference than Man City. Man City's four was it four or five nil win? Uh, five nil. Five, five nil, nil, nil win against Newcastle. Yeah, against Newcastle yep. has now moved them to plus four. Uh, over over Liverpool, so now sixty-eight plus sixty-eight goal difference versus Liverpool's plus sixty-four, and that's where I see as as the difference. They've still got three matches left to play, but if it's going to come down to it, I don't see them you know slipping up twice. Maybe they slip up once in the final three games, if at all, and that would then come down to needing these massive swings of goals. And I just can't see that. And like I just feel like with one circumstance of just pure points, sure it was open, uh, but now with with points the fact that they drew and the fact that uh, Liverpool drew and the fact that that goal difference changed so significantly, I just can't see it coming back from that because uh, even in the final three games, if they were to slip up one, they're still going to score a bunch of goals. Uh, it's hard to not think that they're going to keep that kind of stat padded for the rest of the season. How about you? Yeah,
1: yeah no, I, I I agree. I'm a little weary because Liverpool's next uh, game is away at Villa Park, and I feel like we're going to take part of some kind of narrative here. But a few pieces of context uh, as we break down Man City against Newcastle, by the way, very, very impressive for Manchester City. Even the Goliath that is Manchester City to come away with a five nothing win against a very confident Newcastle side. By the way, who had been doing so well as of late. They lost just one nothing against Liverpool the game before that, but before they were they had a fantastic run of games: one, two, three, a four winning streak, four game winning streak as well. And you got you got to give Man City a lot of credit here. It wasn't just two nothing, one nothing scrappy win. It was 5 0 against Newcastle. Kevin De Bruyne was fantastic. Goals came from Rodrigo, who by the way scored on his third straight Premier League match, I believe, as well. You know, so it was a very, very good game. Pep Guardiola on being sports, by the way. Good question leader from Carrie Brown, by the way. He said, Everybody in this country supports Liverpool, the media, and everybody our destinies in our hands this is important what do you make of that
2: i mean i don't disagree i mean there's just something there's just something pure in terms of the way people feel about liverpool now i've always liked city just because of the fact that because they are new i get to watch them guilt free i watch i probably watch city more than i watch arsenal in terms of like minute per minute because it's entertaining and, yeah, it's and it's fun. Yeah. yeah. Aesthetics. And it's a modern style in the same way that I used to watch Real Madrid or Barcelona without any strings attached, just going like, I'm I'm watching this because yeah. I just want to see good football. Whereas Liverpool have a little bit more of this. It feels like they're, they're, they're backed by the region. They've got a pretty stronghold globally versus man city, which is a different type of seemingly fan base. That's coming about with this next generation. And then domestically. Yeah. It certainly seems like Liverpool are the more, um, football pure. Uh, and, and you could break that whole thing down in a part to ownership groups, to money spent, and all these things, and you're probably going to balance out somewhere along the way on a, on a few of those items. But I would agree that Liverpool are the team that are much more beloved than, than a Man City. People want to see Man City fall primarily because of, again, the, the against modern football, the way that they've spent, the fact that they're at the top since, since the moment they got to the top. They've stayed near the top for, for a decade now. Uh, so I, I don't disagree. Do you think that they're sort of picked out or bullied, or do you think that's a little bit of a kind of a dramatization, so to speak, and that and and that it's maybe not so much Liverpool that are that are kind of rooted for by everyone?
1: Yeah, no, no, I, I I think I kind of agree. I do agree f- from a neutral perspective, you know, the way that from a financial Middle Eastern we've got more money than you take over situation, nobody really likes to see. Man City, they like the narrative of Peguardiola Guardiola never winning a Champions League with Lionel Messi. They want to keep it that way, etc. And to your point, Liverpool perhaps has this like you know quote unquote pure journey, you know, which is kind of laughable because they're owned by Fenway Group, which is, is you know they're not poor Oliver twists themselves, right? Yeah. So it's not about that. I I just think that this was right out of the Joseph Marino handbook of creating a narrative, I think, which was very good. I think it was very smart for Pep Guardiola to do this. This is this it's kind of like what Chris Jenner does with the Kardashian sometimes. It's like, you know, we 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 need to get a, a cover on People magazine. Let, let's add a little a little narrative here. I think that's what Pep Guardiola did because I think I believe Carrie Brown's question was more like, you know, how, how do you feel now, right? after losing to Real Madrid, you know, it wasn't like she didn't directly ask this. She didn't directly say, do you feel Right, that uh, that everybody's against you, that everybody hates you. He kind of went that way, but I'm not. I, I'm with you. I, I'm not. I'm not disagreeing with Pep Guardiola. I think it's true. I think a lot of uh, the neutral fan base wants to just keep seeing this Pet Guardiola, Goliath of a machine that spends a hundred million pounds on a British player, three hundred million dollar bench, etc. They want to see them like that fail just because they like the idea of the purity that is the game. But let's be honest, like Liverpool. <laughs> Uh, a lot of money it may not be Man City money, but but yes, I, I I think that. But Guardiola did basically was kind of genius,
2: yeah, it was smart. And 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 to be honest, full credit to Man City for for bouncing back the way that we did. Oh, yeah, it, I think it was, JJ, was JJ, JJ JJ yeah. had maybe thought that there was a moment to slip right, uh, with with Man City, if I remember our, our preview correctly. Yeah, he he
1: I think he saw a draw in that one, actually, yeah, uh, and, which it, it's not a bad assessment because to our point, Newcastle gave Liverpool a very difficult time, and they were on a four-game winning streak before that, and they feel very confident. They want to prove what they can do next season. But Man City, full credit to them. They were very, very good, and they won 5-0. And to your very first point, Heath Pearce, not only are they three points above Liverpool, but they have a four-plus goal differential as well. Obviously, they don't want to win on goal differential, but it does matter, you know, putting these away.
2: Yeah. I mean, you could see that there was some intention when you went into the 80th plus minute and you could smell, you know, a little blood in the water. They just kept going and going and going, knowing the importance of that. And now they give themselves a four goal cushion in terms of goal difference definitely gives them more margin for error. And to have that type of mentality after being knocked out of the Champions League, when you had everything in your hands and the one trophy that everybody is sort of putting the pressure on you to go and win, to go to be able to shift back to the league and put together a performance like this against a Newcastle set side, like you said, a lot of people, I would guess, probably the majority of people thought that Newcastle could 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 sort of poke and prod at this vulnerable uh, city side and really disrupt their season and watch it all come crumbling down because that's the story we want to see is like a full meltdown from Pep Guardiola. But to put in that performance is really impressive. And... And yeah, uh, all around, just a hard thing. You come back from the emotional roller coaster of getting knocked out of the Champions League. I think about any time that I was knocked out of anything and nowhere near what it would like, what it'd be like to play at a Man City or at a club that size with the pressures of, of the Champions League and sort of in the way that they quote unquote choked uh, to not go through. That's That would be really hard to come back from, even if you were in a position of, of privilege within the league in terms of the table.
1: Yeah, well, what do you think, everybody? Do you think the title is done? And what do you think about Pep Guardiola's comments? Do you think they're justified? Uh, What do you think Pep Guardiola is trying to do with that kind of answer? Very quickly, Liverpool-Tottenham, we've already discussed it. Jurgen Klopp, by the way, he wasn't impressed with Antonio Conte's tactics. He said, with all the praise probably for Tottenham, they sit back. They won against City. So the game plan works for these big games, but they're still fifth they obviously work for everything, time wasting, these kind of things, smart, but it makes it not easier for us on the other side. What do you think, Heath, on those comments? It's
2: such a this is why this is this goes back to the to the to the Pep Guardiola comment about Liverpool. If you look at the if you read the comment, it's just got so much subtlety of like talking crap but in a very kind way of like <laughs> they play horribly. Yeah. But it works, you know, and he kept kind of going back to like, but it works. And so like you can't discredit them for doing something that works because it worked against, you know, worked before and it worked now against Liverpool who are, who are chasing, you know, a Man City for for a title. And so you could see there's just these moments in there that are like these kind of things smart, but it makes it not easier for us on the other side, which is just kind of like, yeah, it's a good game plan. it doesn't, we, It doesn't belong in the game of football, but yeah, it works for them. So be it. And so like there's something to that where, you know pep would be like they why why did they even show up you know why did they yeah. even come on the field today they don't want to they don't want points they don't want anything that would be just the difference of sort of tonally Jurgen Klopp just has this way of swimming through these types of things that uh it, it's really interesting but again it's a game plan that worked and Liverpool have had to sort of face that from a number of teams throughout the year but now you've got a team that actually has the the the, the skill sets to do it really well and also be able to punish you on the other end that's not something you want to be able to face. And, you know, it kind of goes back to the, the you know, the Mourinho Chelsea days. It goes back to uh, Spurs when they're at their best, things like that, where it's like it can be really frustrating for a team that's used to playing wide open. Yeah. Liverpool only beat Newcastle 1 0, but they were still wide open against them the whole time. And Newcastle tried to play a little bit, which plays into Liverpool's sort of not Gagan press, but just the chaotic like havoc they want to create uh, in, the, in the attacking third to win the ball back and go to goal.
1: Yeah. In regards to those comments, uh, Rafa Cardenas, a viewer, thank you so much for commenting, said, you know, I love Klopp, but it stinks of uh, a, a, a bad loser. I, whenever I read these comments like this, uh, it doesn't have to be Jurgen Klopp. I'm not just pointing fingers at Jurgen Klopp. But whenever I read these comments like this, I ask everybody, think about the timing of this. What if Liverpool had one one nothing, and he was asked the same question? Obviously, he's frustrated. It's totally because he lost. He's so annoyed. I'm sorry that he drew. It's so annoyed that he didn't get three points. That's the whole point. Of course, he's going to get frustrated at what he sees in front of him. So he decides to point the fingers at the strategy of Antonio Conte, which I'm sorry, but you're going up against Liverpool, who are a better team than Tottenham. What's Antonio Conte going to do? He's also, by the way, very good using the counter. And he has a very good striker in Harry Kane and a very good attacker in human son. What's he going to do? Like he has to focus on that. So had Liverpool won this, I bet you that comment would be completely different. Of course he's frustrated. It happened right after the game. He probably wouldn't even say that midweek, but he has to say it right after the game. It's one he or could, he couldn't get the win. And that's the, that's the most important fact of all of this. He couldn't get three points
2: yeah, it's exactly it. Uh, you know, it, it was it was a game that was more dominated by Liverpool, but it was against the Spurs side that was welcoming that type of pressure and attack and being able to withstand wave after wave of the attack. And it could have gone the other way, even though it was more dominant in terms of the stat sheets were, were was much more dominant to, to Liverpool. Both these teams could have ended up with 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 uh, zero points at, at, at certain points in this match. And so it's got to be frustrating for him because it would have kept that pressure on what was seemingly, you know, even with a 5-0 win, a team that has a little bit of vulnerability to see out the season with Manchester City. But now they've got a whole bunch of variables that, that are, are less variable now.
1: Yeah. And great. A frustrated Liverpool. All they need now is what? Aston Villa. Great. Thanks so much there, Tottenham.
2: You hey, you didn't believe it. in you didn't believe in the Villa Burnley. You said they were going to give up three out of the two they've got to play, and they put a beating on them. So that's a pretty impressive yeah, one. That's that I was more
1: than Jonathan Johnson to be fair yeah, as well. So and uh, you know it, it, it's fun. All right, let's uh, let's keep going here. By the way, because I, I do wanted to talk Heath Pierce, a, a, a good win against Leeds United, Arsenal. You would think that after that horrific uh, tackle from Luke Ayling and the red card, you would think that. They we're going to keep going, but leads to their credit got one back actually. But Arsenal win two one as a result of this, and they are fourth with four points above Tottenham. Even if they lose the North London derby, they still Mikel Arteta on their side control their own destiny. Heath Pierce, a good weekend for Arsenal.
2: Fantastic weekend for Arsenal, and again they're now within uh, striking distance of of Chelsea. So now you're talking about which actually plays well for 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 Spurs going into the North London Derby, that if either of these teams take points, there's still an opportunity to make it a th- sort of a three-horse race for two spots in the top four, which I think plays well into, to, again, the, the the ones below, considering Chelsea could only pull off a draw in front of their new prospective owners, which we'll get to. But yeah, a fantastic win for Arsenal. They still gave up a, a decent amount of chances. Leeds looked like they had a few little sh- moments in there where Arsenal got a little shaky that they had to close out. But these are the performances that Arsenal would have giving up points on even though they were playing up a man. Uh, there was just those moments where they shut off for a second and they get punished, whereas now they're finding ways to put out those fires last second even when they shut off for a moment or at least they're not being punished for for any of those types of things. So a good, a good three points heading into the North London Derby, and, and it's going to be a, an interesting wrap to the season with, with Chelsea, who I thought were going to secure that number three spot with a win and weren't able to get that uh, in, in the end.
1: Well, we're going to talk about that right now. Who's the loser of the weekend? And I ask that to everybody, by the way. You've got Chelsea, by the way, uh, as Todd Bowley was welcome, but it was more of a Todd Woley performance. See what I did there, right? Uh, Even though Chelsea women, congratulations, crowned league champions for the third straight year, though. Sam Kerr, please watch that goal. That was amazing. But Chelsea, uh, Cody scores in the last moments of that game to make it 2-0 for Chelsea against Wolves. All right, so now... Obviously, when you look at the table, they're 67, only one point above Arsenal, by the way. So Arsenal couldn't even come third. So who's the biggest loser? Chelsea, Man United, by the way. We're going to record <laughs> the lowest points in the table. They lost 4 nothing to Brighton as well. Ralph Ranick saying there's already at least something like a number of players that are really top players for this club. But as I said, we need all the other areas. Suppose there will be six or eight new players. They should be top players to strengthen the quality of the squad. What I've been saying forever, Heath Pierce. everybody talking to me about Ronaldo, Ronaldo, better with Ronaldo, better without him. It's not about him. The laundry list for this club is huge. So who's the biggest loser? Chelsea, Manchester United they lost 4 nothing. or Watford, who got relegated. Roy Hodgson does the lap of honor. He gets a lap of honor. Real Madrid don't get a lap of honor. Roy Hodgson does a lap of honor with uh, Palace fans, by the way. Uh, doesn't acknowledge traveling Watford fans. Oh, man. It's just a lot. So who's the biggest loser <laughs> of the weekend?
2: Oh, man. The, honestly, it's got to be. I would say it's got to be Manchester United. You know, it has to be. Um, lowest points
1: ever in the Premier League.
2: 11, yeah, and, and lowest points ever for them in the Premier League. And just the lowest of low to the point where, again, if you're talking about Ralph Ranić saying that there's some really good pieces in place, if there's good pieces in place, I don't know where they are in terms of, or what's missing because that means you must have some major, major pieces missing if you're going to get beaten that bad and have no real chance at winning these matches at this point in the season. You're going to have your lowest finish. And, and yeah, the morale just seems absolutely battered. And so I, I I just can't think otherwise. I mean, Chelsea seems like one where, okay, final moments, new perspective ownership group. That sort of thing, but still, when I look at just pure results in the team, it's got to be Man United. What's your What's your take?
1: Yeah, Man United, lowest points. But West Ham got a good win. They got a game in hand, by the way, over Man United, so they might not get Europa League. Cristiano Ronaldo, if he stays with United, probably won't see Champions League. I think that's the first time. I think maybe in a well, I know in a very long time since he was part of it as well. Yes, Natalie, very good point. You got to give credit to Brighton. Very good team. Yeah, we know how good Graham Potter is and, and his squad. They're building something very special there. They're ninth in the table, top half of the table with 47 points, not far away from Wolves as well who are eighth obviously they have a game extra. Brighton very very good. They have a good system, they have a good setup. But Manchester United, we're talking about Manchester United and Des Norris said in the comments, "It should have been more. It should have been more. It should have been more than for nothing, and that is scary. They're definitely the losers of the weekend. That's ridiculous."
2: Yeah, it's pretty. It's 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 really really poor form. Also, I would have gone with. Uh, I, I would probably put Leicester City up there in terms of poor performance of the weekend, but they're kind yeah. of just in bad form, period. And I don't and, know what to
1: make of them, honestly. I, 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 I mean, it's going
2: to. They're certainly making the relegation fight uh, interesting at the end with with Everton, who have a, who have a game in hand. Uh, against the other ones fighting relegation, Burnley obviously dropped points over the weekend. Everton get their win against, Le- Le- uh, against Leicester City, and then Leeds obviously, as we talked about, with with uh, the two one loss uh, and the red card against against Arsenal. It's going yeah, to let's talk about the
1: relegation fight. fight yeah. Heath, yeah. Watford are down. All right, we already Norwich are down. Who's going down? Leeds, Everton, or Burnley?
2: Oh, dude, I, I feel like I'm so deep in that. I mean, I uh, up until like three weeks ago, I, I still said it was going to be Burnley-Watford-Norwich because that's the way it had been for a long time. Obviously, we're seeing a little bit of this uh, Salerno-Tana from Burnley right now, but at the same time, you know, it's kind of points and then and then dropping points. And the, so Would I'm, this I'm, help
1: I'm, your answer, Heath Pierce? if I give you the schedules for all three? Ready?
2: Yes, please. Let's okay. do it.
1: Leeds have Chelsea at home, Brighton at home, Brentford away. Just think about that. Chelsea at home. Uh, Brighton at home, Brentford away. Everton have Watford away, Brentford at home, Palace at home, and they got an extra game, but that's away at Arsenal. Okay, then Burnley have Tottenham away, Villa away, Newcastle at home. Who's going there? I mean,
2: I'm saying Burnley. I, I just, oh, sorry, hard, playing, I man. mean, I mean, Leeds have a horrible schedule as well. But even even Everton doesn't have it have it easy whatsoever. But when I think about Newcastle. At home, what were what, what were uh, uh, Burnley's again? Newcastle at home,
1: Tottenham away, 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 Villa Newcastle away, Newcastle at home.
2: Yeah, I mean, I just think you come down to the final game of the season. I think you're dropping six to get there, and all six points to get there, and then you're going to need one against the Newcastle side at home. That's going to want to finish on a, on a high note. Maybe maybe they're finished going for a top half finish. Maybe they're rotating the squad on the final day. But I, I think that's a a, a rough one. This right. goes
1: down to the last game of the season for it, everybody. It, it, I'll tell you it, that right now.
2: It has to, right? Because you've got Leeds play Leeds Chelsea. Leeds play
1: Chelsea at home, and Chelsea are not – I mean, what? They're going to lose after drawing to Wolves too? I don't know. Yeah. Then Everton have Watford away, so I see Everton winning that.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And, but, I mean, at the same time, you see, you start to see Maybe not. Maybe where, not. Where yeah. Watford, all bets are off, the pressure is off. I yeah. played some of the best football of my career yeah. when the when 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 no when pressure. sort of the, yeah. the pressure is off and you're just oh, sort of like oh hard. you're just playing it's with it's house hard. money at this point. And again, very rarely does it convert into something that instantaneous, but it could. It very well could that Watford uh you know are are have a, something a little bit special going into this game because they're kind of they know they're down and they could just play a little more free or players are playing a little bit outside of The structured system that they wanted to, which obviously didn't work, so it could come down to that. I don't want to give it more credit than it is, just because I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm,
1: I'm I'm overthinking it. It seems it's coming to the last day of the season. It
2: it has to. I I just look at those schedules and I go, dude, all three, like Everton probably have the 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 best chance uh, to stay up just because of the fact that they've got enough games. They've, they're they in decent position now. Two home
1: games, one yeah. against Brentford, Pickford, one against Pick, Palace. Yeah.
2: Pickford's the best player in the club right now, and if your best player is a goalkeeper at this point in the season that's keeping you in games, I think that's a a pretty good thing to have on your side. I think so, because of
1: that, Everton are fine, and I think it's between Leeds and Burnley for the yeah, last day of the season. I agree.
2: Yeah, yeah. I oh agree. My God.
1: All right, okay, well, good luck to all.
2: And I think they're both going to lose both until the last game of the season. I think they're literally going to be going into the last game and the same, with well, probably the same amount of points that we see now.
1: Well, right now, Leeds and Burnley have the same amount of points. Yeah. Uh, it's just Leeds have a horrific goal differential.
2: I <laughs> know. Yeah. Was it 35 or something like that?
1: 35. Yeah. That's just insane. Oh, man. It's tough. What,
2: what's Burnley's? Is it like seven, seven, 17. 17? 17. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, oh, uh, God. Yeah. That's, that's, so, that's, uh,
1: So I think you know we're all talking about the title race goal differential, the relegation battle. The goal differential might be the one right there.
2: I know, man. That's
0: crazy. It's yeah.
2: I don't (laughs) even know. I I literally don't even know what more to say to that other than the fact that like you. Well, I'll do something fun.
1: Ready? I'm gonna don't even think about it. I'm gonna say who's going down: Leeds or Burnley. You're gonna tell me just like that. Okay, ready? Three to one. Who's going down? Burnley. There you go.
2: Come on, That's Jesse tech, Marsh. Yeah. <laughs> i so biased. I just, All right. If we, if we have another American manager fail, uh, I'm just going to like, I'm probably just going to stop working <laughs> in this sport because I'm just like, we're never, we're never going to make
1: it. But this one's not going to be fully his fault. What 35 goal minus differential. That's not Jesse Marsh. That's Marcelo Vielsa for the entire part of their season. Right?
2: who also got his uh, uh guard of honor uh, when he was there as a legend of the club you know just yeah. from the club itself or leaving well, Even the club better than he found it but worse than it was at a certain point. I <laughs> like, can
1: remember when Jesse Mars took over but the Leeds lost six nothing to Liverpool they lost four nothing to Tottenham. they lost four two to United you know they' they've had some really they lost seven nothing to Man City in December. You know <laughs> that's difficult to climb back from. Like that's it really what, is. Yeah, it's it's not easy. All right, Bundesliga Stuttgart's draw with Bayern Munich means Augsburg, by the way, are officially not going down. Heath Pierce, how about that?
2: Woohoo. I mean, I don't know what, what I actually uh, I don't know if I actually think about that because uh, Augsburg just got battered by Leipzig <laughs> today. Uh, neither neither uh, Ricardo Pepe started or Tyler Adams started. Uh, Ricardo Pepe got on the field. Tyler Adams got on the f- on the field. They both the have to go? Both played. I, I I do think so. I think this is the end of, of a period for for. Uh, yeah, let's start with Tyler what great, Adams. What a great little tweet, by the way. Yeah, I wonder yeah. how long that was up when it only had three retweets <laughs> and two quote tweets. Or I'm like, that's kind of disappointing. Like, yeah, but but people don't deep. understand in the U.S. landscape uh, just how much that means for the fans, what that means for everybody to just have relief yeah, and safety. You know, people the American mentality would look at Augsburg and go, what a bunch of losers. But when you're there and you realize how you play in an 18 team uh, league and you're fighting for something all the time, you're either fighting to survive, you're fighting for European spot, you're fighting for a title. Very rarely in the Bundesliga is anybody but two teams fighting for that. But when you're fighting relegation, that survival means so much to the club, so much to the fans that it's viewed as, and it's celebrated as a win. There will likely be a party. Look Same. at
1: Everton today, Heath Pierce. Yeah. Did you see what Everton did? Like King Power Stadium was empty and their entire yeah. fan base, Everton, was still celebrating. It was a guy in crutches just celebrating, putting these crutches yeah. up. It's crazy. They,
2: they they'll celebrate it like it's they'll celebrate it like it's a trophy because yeah. of the implications and, and what it means and how people have seen their clubs sort of decimated by relegating and sometimes never coming back. You look at the second Bundesliga, those are all in the last 10 years, first Bundesliga teams that have gone up, elevated down. It is really hard. They don't have the same sort of parachute as you do in 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 the Premier League, uh, going to the Championship, and so you go down, you might not come back for a while.
1: Very quickly, then Tyler Adams, Pepe, should they go, leave yes. their clubs? Uh,
2: t- uh, Tyler Adams, I think, can prove himself more because he's he's a known commodity there. I think he should leave, but Ricardo Pepe definitely needs to leave. I've been against this move from the very beginning you're never going to like what's going to happen next year. They're going to be a mid table or score.
1: find somewhere else.
2: I don't know. I would love to see him play in a, you know, even if it was going to like, um, a championship, maybe. No, I don't want to see him in the championship. I mean, I would you love don't to see him want a Sargent journey. You don't, don't want
1: him at Norwich, right? A
2: PSV. I don't think, I don't oh, think it had yeah. at an Ajax, but like yeah. a PSV Eindhoven, I, I think, uh, even a Feyenoord or, or an offset Akmar. by the way, in that league is, 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 is wrapping up to be pretty wild as well. Yep. But yep. um. You know, something like that. I could see him again at, at like an Anderlecht or a big a Belgian club, maybe a solid uh, French club somewhere that's playing a little bit more um, open football. That's going to get him chances in and around the goal, get his confidence up because I don't want to see him lose another year at Augsburg. And I, I mean, it's going to be hard for him to move. It'd have to be a loan Cause no one's going to pay 20 for him now or, or the upside of, of whatever 20 it would have to become. Mm. Uh, I'm guessing his value is less now. And I don't see them, them selling him for that. So it's tough, but I think it would be... I don't know if that's the right club for him because of just the type of club that it is, the chances they're going to have, the budget they have to build a team around that that are going to allow him to to thrive as a young player. So he's I, I, he's got to figure something out.
1: Well, and it's a you know World Cup in November as well. you gonna you got to yeah. make things happen as well. By the way, Leipzig thump Augsburg, as we mentioned, for nothing to capitalize on Freiburg defeat to Union Berlin. So that race for fourth is still... Up there, Coupe de France. Very quickly, I'll just give you the updates. Nantes wins 1 nothing against Nice. Ludovic uh, blast penalty clinches Europa League qualifications, by the way. It's Nantes' first major title since 2001 when they won Ligue 1, by the way. And Porto wrapped up their league title, number 30. I don't know if you saw the videos of Porto's dressing room, but they were feeling it. Saw so him with a
2: cigar, it. doing a little yeah. dance, manager having a good time. Love it. Um, it's great. Love it.
1: Yeah, is I great. love it. This is what it's what it's all about, man. All right. Well, that's it for uh Keigo Lasso weekend recap. Final thoughts, Heath Piers, before we say goodbye, buddy.
2: Yeah, I watched the Ajax game. Uh interestingly, obviously you had you had Ajax playing away to Osset Akmar, were able to draw in the in the final moments. I can't remember what time what when when the last goal was by um Alvarez actually scored an 86 minute goal. Great, great header um to 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 draw them level at 2-2. The PSV game who are who PSV who are obviously a couple points behind uh behind Ajax kicked off later on. They also ended in a draw with uh <laughs> with with Feyenoord. So it's going down to final final two games of, of the uh, of the year, I believe. Let me just confirm that. 17, yeah, 34. So they've got two games left in the season. They're now because of the draw on the draw it would have gone up to what 77 They would have been a win on the final day and a loss for Ajax would have put PSV as champions, but now they've got a little bit of a a buffer that Ajax just got to win one of the last two, which is really interesting. Again, one of these things where you expect one team to slip up and PSV to take advantage of that with a later kickoff, knowing the result that they need and weren't able to get that against, just unfortunately have to play against Feyenoord of all people, uh, in that game, and so it looks like Ajax is going to wrap up that title. They just need three points in, in the next two matches.
1: Well, that will be a nice way for Ten Hag to end his tenure with Ajax, of course, before he goes to the nightmare that's going to be Manchester.
2: Well, you guys. They gotta, Ajax is having to fight to the end, so maybe that's going to be some sort of thing like, he's like bringing to the table, which is like, we fight to the end.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, and, the, and the Dutch are nicer. They'll be like, okay, Ten Hag, you didn't win, but it's okay, we <laughs> wish you good luck. Whereas like, you know, United fans are going to be Matt. All right. Well, my only final thoughts are, by the way, Jimmy Conrad, by the way, he's got four tickets and a parking pass to Angel City to take on Orlando Pride. Mm. So uh, that's 1030. I believe 1030 Eastern, 730 Pacific. Right. So uh, he's trying to he's trying to give him away, people. So getting in touch with Jimmy Conrad, he's got four tickets. Come on now. Angel City. Have you you been to a game yet, Ethan?
2: I have not been to an Angel City game. They just had their opener uh, a week ago and um, really impressive uh, crowd, sellout crowd at Bank of California. I was actually there yesterday for at the same stadium for the Philadelphia Union uh, draw with, with LAFC, uh, but but it, it, it's supposed to be a, a pretty incredible atmosphere and I look forward to going to a game. I'm going have to have to ask Jimmy for those tickets soon so I can take all, all the kids.
1: Yeah, you got to hit him up because he's doing it right now. And by the way, yeah, I know he... he bought
2: season tickets, he said. And he's going to be handing giving them away all season long. So make sure you're following Jimmy on that if you're in the L.A. area or if you're traveling here at some point, because there's supposed to be an unbelievable atmosphere.
1: Yeah. And by the way, North Carolina Courage uh, won the Challenge Cup uh, 2-1 against Washington Spirit as well. All of this stuff, Attacking Third, our women's soccer podcast uh, has you covered as well. Don't you forget it, Mike? My only other final thought, by the way, was that the championship playoffs are set. And um God, I, I got to remember exactly, but it's Nottingham Forest against Sheffield United, Luton against Huddersfield. I believe that's what it is, but it's kind of crazy because Luton, by the way, Luton Town, all right? We always talk, Heath, about like budgets and what teams have in order to build up and try and climb up. Fulham obviously with that uh Khan money, obviously, you know, they, they you know, their their cost of squad is about 160 million pounds around mm-hmm. you know, around that plus. Bournemouth is about 125 million pounds, okay. So they're the two teams going up automatically. Sheffield United, around 101 million okay, pounds. Okay. Okay. They just came back, you know, they just relegated. Mm-hmm. Nottingham Forest, more modest, okay, 36 million pounds. Okay, so that's pretty good. Luton Town, Heath Pierce, 1.5 million. Their entire squad.
2: Jeez, Louise! Okay, Isn't so- that the American Boy song that they sing with Kanye West? It just <laughs> yeah, yeah. down in Luton Town. <laughs> that's it. Yeah, I thought they were saying London, but I guess it's Luton Town. That yeah, uh, no, I
1: think it's London Town because it's American <laughs> Boy with Estelle. But they you should they should totally steal that and make a yeah, Luton they, Town. One point five million yeah. for their that's entire wild.
2: squad. That is incredible.
1: That's Jack Grealish's breakfast when he goes away, like an hour later. That's unbelievable. So. You know, and Luton Town, technically London, okay? There's a Stansted Airport right there. You can like, so the best of luck. Championship players are going to be fantastic. Uh, Jimmy Connor has some tickets for you if you're in LA as well. Heath Pierce, always a pleasure, buddy. Thank you so much, man.
2: No, thanks for having me. What a g- exciting game of uh of of uh games of football over the weekend and man, I just uh, I just I get excited when when Dez hits me with the, like hey, you around for this weekend because I these are the, the literally I would not miss these ones for anything just because there's so many implications at play uh across all of the leagues that I always appreciate having these conversations. So thank you.
1: Well, dude, I'm really happy that you're happy because, you know, get that phone <laughs> nearby because we're going to call you up a lot just in case because Heath is very busy these days. He's just finished, obviously, Sueño with Alianza de Fútbol. He's got in Soccer We Trust as well. There's a lot to discuss in Soccer We Trust, so don't forget what's coming up this week. Heath, anything special or just rambling uh, on about the USMNT? Yeah, I mean, we we definitely have
2: the ability to ramble on. You know, when Des decided he was going to give us uh, three days a week on the show, uh, we 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 go on pretty hard, but we've got some some more bad news. We got a special guest later on in the week, but we got some bad news in the national team. Miles Robinson. Oh, God, that's uh, right. Well, wow, that's a killer. Injury, Do
1: we know so. the latest with that? By
2: the way? Uh, I believe it's an Achilles injury, oh. Um, and so it's pretty it's pretty significant uh, to the national team and what that means. And uh, I'm not a
1: USMNT fan. I, I yeah. never want to see a player get injured, especially a young player that's dreaming of going to the World Cup. Miles Robinson seems to be one of the nicest, hardest-working people. I feel for him, man. I yeah. feel for him.
2: Yeah, it's 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 tough news. And then we're going to be talking about uh, sort of Americans in the Bundesliga. Bundesliga review, kind of similar to what we talked about now in terms of where do players need to move. You know, Bundesliga for a long time has been our spot for young American players, and now we're sort of seeing this uh, shift where we have everyone from George Bello, who's not getting a ton of time, to now Tyler Adams, not getting a ton of time to. You know, the fact that what's-his-name went to Mallorca. He's not getting any time anymore from, from, from Schalke. Schalke have now gone back up. There's a lot of things to talk about for Americans in the Bundesliga and what that means heading into, again, this is a World Cup year, heading into the summer transfer window and all that. So another busy week of in Soccer we trust. I appreciate you giving us the little plug there. Um, and, uh, yeah, make sure you guys tune in.
1: Yeah, and this USMNT might look very different when November comes around. You never... Never know. But Heath Pierce at Heath Pierce. Make sure to follow him on Twitter as well as Instagram. In soccer, we trust. Make sure to follow them as well. And Kego Golazo, always here. Don't forget, we have no Champions League, but hey, that doesn't matter. We got a lot of content to come your way. Some special interviews, the continuation of our World Cup episodes, by the way. Our latest one was Fabrizio Romano picking his three teams that he's going to be rooting for at the World Cup. And one of them, yes, I bribe them. It's Peru. Make sure you watch and you check it out. But we got plenty to come. Heath Pierce, LME, LME Chegaray as well. Kego Lasso, CBS Sports, your CBS Sports app. Have a great Sunday evening. Happy Mother's Day. Feliz Dia de la Madre. See you next time around. Have a great beginning of next week. Till then, have a good one.